it's Dr. Stu's podcast. So this is Dr. Stu's podcast number 104. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, welcome to our podcast. I'm with Kimberly Durden, as always. Hi. Hi, Kimberly. You can also reach us uh, on iTunes. You can find us there. You can find us at drstuespodcast.com. You can email me at askdrstu at gmail.com. Like I said, I say every week, I read every email. I respond to every email. You can like us on Facebook uh, at uh, Dr. Stu's Podcasts on Facebook. Um, my website is birthinginstincts.com. And my website is KimberlyDurden.com. And I have to say that every time because Stu always forgets. No, I remembered last time. Don't you go and hang out on my website and just there, look at all yes. the pretty pictures? Yes, you should. I, it's I, it, it comes up automatically. It's my, it's my screenshot. <laughs> all right. Now, so, and also if I, Renee gets mad at me because I don't say follow us on Twitter, at Dr. Fishbein, that's Dr. Fishbein on Twitter. So, so it's been a while since we've been together. We're going to record a couple podcasts today. I got to just tell you that I'm I'm feeling pretty good because as of as a recording time today, the Kings are on a three game winning oh, streak. Oh Lord! Yep. So that's really good because we lost the first three it's games to start season? the season. It's hockey season. The NBA started yesterday, and the World Series is going on now. By the time this goes to to uh, release. The World Series will probably be over, <laughs> but that's how it works here. We have to work in, in, in fake time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's good to see you. How are things for you? Well, my son was in a horrible car accident. Did you know that? Uh, my 22-year-old. Was it on your Facebook page? It was on my Facebook page. Did you, <laughs> did you sign up for the meal train? You should oh, have. Yeah, you, you, don't still want me, you do not bed. want me cooking. <laughs> no, you can order something from a restaurant. Oh, I didn't know that. Chipotle. My, son's, my son had a horrible car accident, and... Uh, what, and he is like not able to walk, and thank God he's alive. And you see a picture of his little car that is no more. It's pretty scary. I'm really sorry, but he's fine. He's fine. He has a he has a smashed hip and a broken femur. Wow, that's no joke. Nope, that's no joke. Did his airbags go off and stuff? Um, there were no airbags in the car that he was driving. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was old. It was an old, you know, it's the kind of car that a mother looks at when their child gets into it and says and starts praying. See, no. No father would ever let their daughter drive Heck. a car without airbags. Well, they wouldn't. As a matter of fact, when 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 my when Sandy and I were looking for a car for Madeline, we made sure that we got we got we spent more money to get a car that was safer. But it's interesting about boys, we didn't care as much. And my son, my son is likes to tinker with cars, and he hangs out with with young men that uh, they work on cars. One of the young men, his grandfather, has a car thing going on car repair for years and years and years so it was like a tinker car and he was driving around and it had an unfortunate accident and um and so he's he's pretty laid out right now so i'm kind of like back he's 22 but i'm a back back to a two-hour schedule with him <laughs> uh, every two hours he calls out mom <laughs> right and and he tells me he loves me a lot now. so is he basically laying there with a big cast on his leg he has no like cast um uh. but he um is basically laying there and doing you know, a lot of physical it's, therapy it's, it's really interesting cool. how things have changed i mean for a broken femur you know i i tore my knee in 1981 i think it was it was before the era of laparoscopic or arthroscopic surgery mm -hmm. so i had open, flayed open knee surgery, both sides. I tore my anterior cruciate, my lateral collateral ligament. Uh, I basically tore playing touch football, but I think I actually ruined it playing organized uh, intramural soccer at the University of Minnesota. Right. And um, I had a cast on my leg right. for three months. Mm -mm. And nowadays, the, you know, like, like 
football players will have will tear their anterior cruciate. They'll have laparoscopic surgery, mm-hmm. and they'll be on crutches in a couple of days. And they'll be in two weeks. They'll be back on the field, at least observing from the field. I mean, they may be out for nine months, but right. I had a cast on my leg for three months. So things have changed dramatically. That you're, yeah, he, he has broke no his cast. Femur and, and he has no cast. Yeah. I was shocked. He was released from the hospital four or five days after, and with crutches. Obviously, they don't want him walking around on the crutches. He's not allowed to put any weight on on that uh, right leg that he damaged, um, and he's in a lot of pain. So. Thankfully, he's off the heavy meds, and he's just on elite, uh, Advil or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope for a speedy recovery for him. Thank Speaking you. of what season it is, it is just about the end of election season. And I wanted to talk. We're not going to talk politics on Dr. Stu's podcast. I know. I was like, wait a second. I no. thought we're not allowed to talk no, about we're not, that. No, we don't talk politics. We don't talk architecture. And we don't talk f- flower arranging. <laughs> or sports. Yes, we talk, we talk sports on uh, all the time. It's my podcast. Okay, good goodness gracious. All right, so anyway, so speaking of that, I wanted to start out with a little anecdotal story about, because I look at this election and I look at, at I'm, not, I'm not talking about personalities or anything. I'm looking at an election of, between people who love liberty and people who love equality. And there's a big difference between the two. And governments forcing equality onto people is not something that I ever saw America happening. And redistribution of wealth and all that stuff is not something that I'm uh, a big fan of. I'm a big fan of personal charity, but not governments demanding charity and that sort of thing. And so what I see happening, and I see it happening with the vaccine law here in California, I've recently been asked several times by people to write uh, an exemption letter. And I'm not comfortable writing an exemption letter, partly because I don't do pediatrics and right. I don't know that stuff anyway, even though the you're law... Not giving, you're not normally giving vaccines. No, but the law doesn't say it has to be a pediatrician. It just says it has to be a licensed practitioner. I think a licensed physician. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't describe what are, are legitimate exemptions. And so then when we talked about in the last podcast about what's happening to Dr. Sears, yes. it makes all of us... And that, that's the purpose of them persecuting Dr. Sears is, is to scare the bejeebers out of the rest of us. But right. it is a sort of totalitarian nature of government. We're surrendering our freedom, all those parents in the state of California who may want to put their kids on a different vaccine schedule or not vaccinate have no rights anymore. They've been been usurped by the state. And if people think it's going to stop there... They're crazy. It's well, adult only, vaccines are coming. Like we're going to. That's next, I believe. Well, I just got a notice in the in the. I got an email from San Diego State University where mm-hmm. my daughter goes to school. I think there's a, an, I think there's thirty five thousand to forty thousand students on that campus, and they sent me an email warning me that there was one case of mumps on campus, and I should be sure that my daughter's vaccines are up to date. One case in forty thousand. Now we live in an era where that mandates an email. I mean, how many cases of STDs and other things happened that week at <laughs> San Diego State? I didn't get a notice about any of those. Okay. <laughs> and, and on the college level, they don't send home a note when someone has lice, like they do in elementary no, school. No, they don't. I, I, yeah, they, we I'm found sure, lice. I'm sure there were more cases of lice on campus than there were, than there were cases of mumps. Right. But now we live in a world where, you know, it's, it's a vaccine alert. It's the vaccine, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, where you... Uh, you create a crisis. It's a vac- right. you know, it's a crisis. Everything's a crisis, and right. so people are like administrators and hospitals are afraid to make a decision that says this is really stupid. Right. We better send out, but we we should probably send out a notice because otherwise we got to we could get sued. and We got to cover our ass. Right. And this brings me to a small anecdotal story um, that my uh, friend Beth had a client recently who ended up going into labor early and ended up having to have an emergency C section. Okay. That question of whether it was necessary or not is for another day. Okay. All right. But anyway, the first post-op day, her IV infiltrates. The IV in her, in her arm infiltrates. Mm-hmm. 
and she's already drinking plenty of fluid. She's making, she's still got a Foley catheter, and she's still making a ton of urine. Mm -hmm. And then we can see that she's not nauseous, and she's tolerating PO, PO or what we mm -hmm. call oral intake. Mm -hmm. And they, she buzzes the nurse. The nurse comes in the room and says, oh, she looks at it and says, oh, your IV's infiltrated. I need to restart your IV in your other arm. Okay. So Beth happens to be in the room at the time, and Beth says to her, this is the story I got, um, can't she just not have the IV? Right. And the nurse says, well, it's a policy in our hospital that if someone's had surgery, they have to have an IV for 24 hours. Okay. And Beth says, well, it's been 20 hours. Mm-hmm. So can we just skip it? And the nurse did not have the authority to make that decision. The nurse says, this is a nurse who went through four years of college and two years of nursing school and probably had 10 or 15 years of experience on the job, but she's been so, excuse the... She doesn't want to lose her job. Well, she's been so emasculated, if you can be, you know, if we're, <laughs> yeah. if we're gender neutral here. If, if, but she's been so emasculated that she says, I'll have to call the doctor on call or the doctor to Absolutely. find out whether it's okay for me to not start an IV. Now, this is the simplest of decisions. All right, yes. and she's afraid to make it, or doesn't have the authority to make it because we've we've castrated individuals for the for uh, you know because everybody's nervous and scared. Yes, and, and this brings me to the basically the state of where we are right now in this election cycle hmm. is we you can look at personal liberty versus you know sacrificing personal liberty for what you consider to be safety or equality. You know, you can never legislate equality, okay? You can legislate equality of opportunity, but not equality of result. And the problem is, is that we are trying to legislate equality of result. We're trying to take from those who are successful and give to those who are less successful, and the government's going to do that. And, and then I ask my friends who support that sort of behavior, I say, so you want more government to solve more problems. Give me something that the government's actually solved ever <laughs> and that they've gotten involved in that's ever gotten better. Well, yeah, I'm asking you. I'll, you're asking me. I'll I mean, ask you. That, that was a rhetorical this is question. Like, this is like you're putting me on the spot. No, but well, I think that there are that's probably exactly. plenty of things that the government actually has done to make lives better. For instance, if we have tax dollars that are meant to be used to build roads or to provide public education and things like that, and the well, absence wait, 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 of wait, wait, that. Okay, so I'm just, just I'm just throwing that out. Roads. There. First of all, have you seen the roads in Los Angeles? <laughs> I was just right, driving. Secondly, down. public <laughs> education. Have you seen the quality of public education? In I Los have Angeles? two children in public education. Right. In Los it, Angeles. Well, you might have, maybe they've got a good experience to it, but generally speaking, quality education is better in private schools, charter schools, uh, homeschooling. Those kids are far better educated than a lot of kids get. I don't think we can make a blank, blanket statement oh, about everything, but <laughs> because I've had kids in a charter school and that worked that didn't work so well, and I have one of my kids in a charter school right now, it's, it's phenomenal. It is just like way ahead of the regular school that he would be in right Correct, now. Correct, so, right. Right. So, I mean, I think so, it depends. And I think in homeschooling, one of the things I love, one of my kids is homeschooled right now. And I, 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 I appreciate what she's getting from the homeschool experience that she cannot get in traditional education. However, I don't know what every homeschooler is teaching their kid. What about the racist homeschoolers that are teaching their kids like, that's, you, know what, you understand what I'm there, saying? There's, yeah, but there's always, but look at, I mean, you don't think there's indoctrination going on in the public schools too? There definitely is. Okay, so, definitely. so you, can't, you can't control all that unless you want to live agree. in a life where everything that you say is registered and controlled and everything that you say is restricted and, or, or, you know, you, you have safe spaces and you have, you know, um, uh, uh, things that go on campus, these ridiculous uh, places where you, you know, speech codes. And I mean, 
You have speech codes on campus. Give me a give me a meaning, break. <laughs> meaning that speech code. Look, at is I would have like, just been censored right there. I was going to say, like, because I almost said the f word. You can't say certain things, but I think that part of it is just that the the paradigms that we're operating out of are, you know, in so many ways. I see that many of the systems that we've created just really need to be dumped into the trash. Well, that kind of need to be starting all over again. Okay. So we're trying to work with broken systems and fix broken systems that are but so very, but, very broken that but they're, they're being fixed by the same people that exa- broke them. I, and, I hear that. And, and I hear that. You're, gonna, you're starting to give us an ex- an idea of where your political leanings are. Well, everybody so. knows where my political leanings <laughs> are. Okay. And I mean, you know, and even if I'm, you know, even if the top of the ticket on either side has leave, leaves things to be desired, my personal thing is a libertarian type view where, but I, I like a strong foreign policy, but I, I do think that I'd like to see individuals take personal responsibility, and I don't think that that's happening. It's almost like not allowed in our culture to take personal responsibility. Well, it's, 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 a, part of, it's a part of being on the far left. And, I, and again, uh, you know, Democrats, the Democratic Party has been taken over by leftism. Pretty much there are no Democrats like Joe Lieberman anymore, or, or John Kennedy, or, or Hubert Humphrey, or my, you know, those guys that I grew up with, Walter Mondale from Minnesota. Um, you know, they were, they were uh, liberal Democrats, but they weren't left-wing. They weren't mm-hmm. socialist Democrats. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, Bernie Sanders, the popularity of somebody like Bernie Sanders. I mean, with millennials, he's hugely popular. But, but if people actually knew... You talked, we were talking about this before we started recording, that you and I are, you know, approaching middle age here. Middle so age. Approaching we've it. Seen, we've seen a lot more than people in the millennials. And we know names of people and history of people and things that went on in the past. And we can see that there's been changes. So people that are growing up now in the last 20 years, right. they, don't, they don't know what it used to be right. like. They don't know what the they press... They don't know their history. They don't know what the press used to be like. Right. They don't know that the journalism used to be <gasps> not... or supposedly was not biased and not uh, exactly. skewed toward exactly. one ideology or another ideology. Yeah. And they used to, at least journalists tried to pretend to be... Uh, neutral. Yes. Now, absolutely. You know, now ninety six percent of them donate to one political party, and if there's a if there's a uh, uh, fundraiser or something for one political uh, uh, candidate, journalists shouldn't be going there as guests. <laughs> All right, it's a conflict of interest. Right. But they don't even try to hide it anymore. Mm-mm. They're thrilled to go. They're thrilled to be invited mm-hmm. because it's part of being in the club. Right. And it never used to be like that. Right. And I think what's hard about our our system is that. Um, also that we're kind of made to choose like we can't pick and choose different issues from the different uh, parties um, to help you know and, and kind of come together on issues we kind of have to we're made to choose between one or the other and and it's really challenging because I know I was talking to a client of ours of of mine that is uh, identifies herself as Christian and identifies herself as Democrat but also said that if she was really to look at the Republican some of the Republican va- uh, values that she's more for some of the Republican ideas of small government etc cetera, etc cetera, but she has to but she leans Democrat democratic for other reasons and i don't really think like every anybody is really finding a happy uh, well, if, place to be in no and, and I, I i agree with you 100 percent. and if i ask my most of my liberal friends and most of the people we work with in our field are, 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 are liberal and typically there's liberal, no question yeah. it's usually it's usually one or two issues uh-huh. that make them liberal and on a lot everything else if we went through them all right they'd actually be on a conservative side right like you know where you know they may be pro-choice but they're not pro late-term abortion they may and they may be feminists and they like that sort of thing but they're not for you know um, higher taxes they're not for um 
They're uh, not for big government, you know. In, in, they're not in for uh, un- unrestricted borders. They're not for, you know, they're not, you know, they're not for bigger government telling them about how to vaccinate their kids exactly. or any of that stuff that, exactly. that happens. And so, and so on a lot of issues, exactly. they're, they're far more conservative. Conservative has been indoctrinated to seem like a bad word. Right. But it isn't really. It's a, curv- a conservative basically is a constitutionalist. And, and I think that we believe in the, uh, that the Constitution is the guiding principle based on our founding fathers and their reliance on Judeo-Christian values, which now is laughed at um, by the left. And if somebody on, wants to come on campus and speak about those, they're often shouted down or not allowed to even come and speak about speak them. Speak about a Jude- Judeo-Christian values? Just, yeah, to basically mm-hmm. just to, you know, I mean, there are people who come and speak. If, if you are, if, for instance, if you're anti-Israel, mm-hmm. you're welcomed on campus. If you're pro-Israel, you're shouted down or not welcomed on campus. All right. And 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 that's, you know, I know that this is a touch, maybe a touchy subject for people, but, you know, and if, and if some listeners are upset, please write me and let me know about your feeling about it. But, but the, there's only one democracy in the Middle East, only one. And it happens to be the one that seems vilified most by the United Nations and everybody else. It's there's only one democracy and the people in that country are treated better whether you're Jewish or Arab or anything else, Christian in that country, than any other Arab country, uh, the Jews and Christians and a lot, even a lot of the Arabs. I mean, would you want to be living in Syria right now? Would you want to be living in Iraq right now? How you want to, let's all move to Mosul. I mean, I you feel, know, I feel I wonder, like... I wonder if Mosul has a bowling club. But I feel like in some ways, I think that folks, us folks in America, I don't know, when I look at Syria, when I look at those places, I often wonder what would prevent us from being in the same situation at some point. I mean, I don't think that the Constitution prevents us from being it. The I, I, orderly transition of government, the, the fact that we have a civilian-run government, not a, a military junta, um, that sort of thing. That, that's the difference. The, America's, and the American experiment is unique in, in human history, really. It is. It is. Yeah. And, and I think oh. what's challenging for, for, for a lot of people is that they're not... I think people are trying to find a way to feel heard that haven't had an opportunity to feel heard before. And again, I don't know what is the correct answer or, I mean, I think this election season is just so difficult for so many people. And it's really quite interesting just to listen to the, everyone is conflicted. We're all extremely conflicted. I think, I think so too. Although I, you know, although I do have friends who post some things on Facebook and they're really not afraid to offend people who might be on the other side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, because everyone feels strongly. I mean, people, especially when they feel strongly about one side or the other, yeah, and, and I, they feel I, like it's almost like evangelizing. It's like in some ways I admire that, but in some ways, if you're liberal, you can post your views on on Facebook or any place else and get very little uh, um, negative feedback. If you're conservative, if you work in Hollywood, if you're in you know, and, and you post on Facebook, you get you, there's a lot of there's a lot of vitriol that will come at you. Mm-hmm. Um, people in Hollywood, especially. I mean, the, if you don't, if you're not successful in Hollywood, you can never admit that you are. Uh, if you're applying for a job on a campus, if you're applying a job for a professor, right? If, if you openly admit that you voted for um, Bush, okay, <laughs> you're, you're, the likelihood of you getting that job is less. Is that true? Oh, sure. On a liberal type of college well, campus, but what na- about on a co- name, name a college that isn't liberal other than like maybe a religi- Hillsdale? Like a college and, that's like a religious based. Well, we're not talking about based. we're talking about state funded colleges oh, state like funded. Okay. UCLA or right, right. Even, even private colleges like Harvard. Well, I, mean, I don't I don't know the politics of that, Stu, but um, well, I think it's I think but, it's really interesting. I mean, I would love to and you know, know more if that's than true. most, and you know more than most. <laughs> 
But most people, most people, they're not involved in that sort of they're thing. They're not paying attention to Yeah, that, they're posting pictures of their babies on Facebook, and that's actually <laughs> fine. But I did want to, this whole, pur- whole purpose of getting to this conversation was because I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on with the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. And in the basis of, in, in the, in the, and I wanted to give the background of, of inability to make decisions for ourselves, rights being taken away, promises that were made that were broken, uh, you know, making crises out of nothing. To, in order to influence policy, which was what, what the measles outbreak at Disneyland yeah, did, yeah. and what's going on now with my one case of mumps in San Diego State. <laughs> I mean, it is sort of silly. But the Affordable Care Act right now is going through a, you know, we, you know those of us that were against it from the beginning, back in 2008 and 2009, um, it's no pleasure in being vindicated well. that this thing is going to collapse of its own weight. And it will collapse of its own weight, and it's starting... Well, it started before because now insurers are pulling out and uh, the rates are going up anywhere from 20 to 80% in most of the states across. I know that, you know that I've seen my rates go up and we were promised other things. We were promised decreased rates, better quality, and more access. And, right. And like, you know, when I hear politicians on tapes that I've seen recently in the news saying this stuff six years ago or eight years ago, mm. it just makes me cringe because mm-hmm. you know, when you, you're being promised stuff like that, it's like you're, you're it's like a used car salesman. Mm. And yet we, and yet, and yet the half the country bought it and it was voted into office. And now we have a problem because doctors can't make a living on what Medicare, Medicaid and what Obamacare reimbursement is going to be. So doctors are going to be starting to drop out of the plans. Mm-hmm. The response of a totalitarian natured government, mm-hmm. which we may be headed for, is going to be to mandate that if doctor wants to practice in my state, the doctor's going to have, have to, take, to take. Right. Yeah. And so what you're going to have is doctors migrating to other states. Doctors that are my age are going to retire. It's not going to solve the problem. Anytime you try to restrict uh, choice, which is really what's happened here, it used to be that you know, you had several choices, and the mm-hmm. and the way to increase choices has always been said to let people buy insurance across state lines. Right. But that's never been in, that was not part of Obamacare, and now many states have one insurer. Right. And we in California have, I think, three mm-hmm. to choose from. Mm-hmm. And you know, unless you get your you know employment, unless you get your stuff through Kaiser or right. through your employer. But your employer is going to, you know, the reason that people are working twenty nine point five hours a week now, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, a week, yeah. Is because if they work thirty, they got to buy insurance. Exactly. So, you know, I just heard on the news that I think it's Wendy's that's going to uh, robotic drive-throughs. All right. Right. And they and they're doing that because they it's it's the only way to it's save money. They can't afford the higher minimum wage that's being going to be mandated, and they can't afford the insurance that they're going to have to pay somebody who works thirty hours in one minute. Look, I hear what you're saying, but my question is, what are the what what would you have proposed instead? Well, there were many things that were on the table that that back in 2008 were proposed, mm-hmm. but of course, Republicans didn't hold any of the, um, they didn't hold the Senate, the House, or the presidency. But one is across, um, um, buying insurance across state lines. Mm-hmm. Just like you can buy car insurance now. Right. You can buy car insurance, it doesn't have to be a... Ca- California you know, California car can be right. from Geico or State wherever. Farm or Allstate or whatever. You have lots and lots of choices for mm-hmm. car insurance, Mercury. I mean, they're all, and they're all advertising for your business, which means they're competitive. Right. It's like mortgages. So you're saying basically because the you only have so many to choose from that they the insurance companies can hold a monopoly. Yes. And that um, our choices become more and more Competition limited. Competition always lowers the price. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I, I always bring this up, but when I was in high school, my parents bought me a Texas Instruments calculator. Mm-hmm. You're right. It was it was about the size of an iPhone, right? And it had probably like it had divide and add and multiply and subtract, and it had pi button. Right. And it was one hundred and twenty dollars. I remember those days. Okay. Then yeah. about fifteen years later, you you got them for free when you went right. to your bank. They gave you these little ones that were the size of a credit card. Exactly. And now you can you know you can get an iPhone basically for nothing if you did buy sign a contract. Right. I mean the prices are coming down because there's right. there's competition. Right. Um, you know people don't like the iPhone and the iPhone six or something that doesn't have the jack on it. They can go buy a Samsung. Right. If it doesn't explode on an airplane. <laughs> but. But so, you know, so many great choices. Well, right. <laughs> no, so but maybe, I hear what you're that, saying. Maybe that wasn't a great choice. But, <laughs> you know, there's a great choice. You can buy any kind of car you want. You don't right. have to, you're not limited to two choices of cars that meet the California right. standard or something. Right. So that was one thing. Right. Another thing was tort reform. Clearly, we talked earlier, the decision, a nurse can't choose to let an IV out because she's afraid she's going to get yelled at. Uh, the San Diego State has to put out a, a warning which just floods your inbox with stupid stuff because they want to cover their legal ass right. because everybody's worried about being sued. So right. we need medical tort reform. And unless there's malice in, in, a, in a, a bad outcome suit, there should be like a, a settlement thing. You want to, you, you know, the money that was, if we would take the money that we poured into the Obamacare thing right. and just gave every single person in the, uh, in the United States, every citizen in the United States, 50,000 bucks right. to put into a health savings account, it would have been cheaper. A lot cheaper. I, you know what? Honestly, I love that idea. So that I was love a, that idea. Well, not, because then it, then it would, but we would have choice. You could just say. Well, that's the other. Th- that's the third thing. Would be a health savings account, not right. necessarily paid for by the government, <laughs> who doesn't have any money. Right. Because look at you. You look at the debt that the, the that the country has amassed in the last eight years, and you can see that you know it's the national debt has doubled under one president. All right. This is not going to be a problem for you or me. All right. Um, Social Security is supposed to last at least another 18 or 20 years, all right? But I'll still be living, and I'll still want my Social Security, and I'll probably get it. But I'm going to be getting it on the backs of the money. It's a Ponzi scheme. Right. Because it used to be, I mean, all the money that I'm paying in right now, and you're paying in right now, is going to pay Social Security checks of people who are retired. Right. It's not going into our own private little 401k, which I have to have on my own because I don't have an employer. I'm self-employed. Right. So I'm saving for my retirement. I would, I'm saving for my health care. I pay for right. my daughter's education. Right. I'm not going out on loans and stuff. And I've been fortunate to do that, but I, you know, I, it's not like I have, haven't worked hard to get here. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't, I don't want my kids, if they took out a student loan, mm-hmm. to think that, well, big daddy government's going to come along and say, oh, you poor kids with all these student loans, that you paid way too much for college education because the universities took advantage of the fact that you could get student loans and raise their tuition, and it was all sort of a scam, and now you're stuck with this big debt, and we're going to waive that debt. Right. So that, so then who's paying that debt? The right. taxpayer is paying right. that debt. Right. That's not fair. No, it isn't. Right. So, you oh, know. Well, I agree with that, and I think, but how do we change that? I mean, how do we... Well, we stop, we stop voting for the same people who want to do the same sort of thing. And I'm not necessarily saying how you should vote in this particular election, but I think you need to look carefully at your pattern of down-ticket voting, mm-hmm. who yes. you vote for yes. for Absolutely. city council, who you Absolutely. vote for for Absolutely. a state representative or yes. state assemblyman or, state or your senators. I mean, here in California, 
we have a choice between a Democrat and a Democrat. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not it's right. not much of a choice, right? Uh, for those of us that tend not to want to lean that way. What? But I think that that is where people are finding their power, and I think this, this has been an opportunity for people to pay more attention to those down ticket, you know, ballot choices. Um, certainly, I know and look, I am. And look I mean, it's like it's like a study. We're studying in our house, and people are talking about these things, and we haven't really. I've never really paid much attention to it until you know. No, you have to, and you have to look now. Careful. You have to look carefully at the propositions. And yes. just like just like uh, that on Dr. Sue's podcast, we've talked many times about how science is corrupted by ideology and economics. Right. You have to look at who's behind these exactly. propositions because they they obviously the advertising makes them sound like they're really really exactly. good. Exactly. All right. But what's it going to cost? Exactly. And who's going to pay for it? And and who's benefiting from it? I mean, I just feel like any advertisement I get on a proposition just goes in the trash because I feel like it's just going to be bias towards that particular proposition. So then how do you decide, Kimberly Bur Durden? How yeah. do you decide? I'm, I'm looking at the voter guide and I'm talking to my friends um, who have all different types of uh, expertise. I have friends who are lawyers. I have friends who work with judges. I have friends who are on, you know, have lots of different, you know, they're involved in the world in a lots of different ways. And so they can shed um, light on some of these these issues and, and give me ways to look at it that maybe I haven't thought of before. And I think it's it, it's really difficult as an individual to kind of know everything about every proposition and the fors and against and, you know, in, in a real balanced way. I think it's extremely difficult. This is part of our country's process. But the truth of the matter is I... Like I said, I didn't pay much attention to the other times I voted on these other down ticket items. This time I am paying extreme attention to it. And now I'm starting to feel like, gosh, like we're, if we're not paying attention and we're voting this, I can see how um, terribly um, dangerous this is. It kind of means nothing. Your yeah. vote means nothing if you don't know what you're voting well, about. Well, and, and a lot of people don't, and it's very difficult. And it's, it's purposely difficult made to, to find it's out. It's purposely made to be confusing. Exactly. So here's, here's Dr. Stu's recommendation for how to vote on, <laughs> on things. This is not political, though. No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's common sense. It's Dr. Stu's common sense, which, you know, if people have been listening to podcasts 100 through 103, that they've gotten a lot of dose of common sense. But here's the deal. Look at your life. If it's not that bad, <laughs> all right, then stop voting for things that are trying to fix it, okay? So in, so in other words... Do we want more government regulation from a government that really we find to be pretty inept? <laughs> so you look at the propositions, or you look at politicians who are promoting more interventions, more government, or more um, more policies, more things. The people that voted for the vaccine law. For that All right, period. that's what I'm thinking. I'm seeing yeah. that in my head. Right, SB two seven seven. You should look at the. You should go online, find out which people in Sacramento voted for the vaccine law. All right, and you should vote for their 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 competitor. Ah, that's a way to vote. That is a way to vote. And I, okay, okay. And now I, you're not I, saying that competitor might be better or worse, but you know that we, you know the record of the people that have already voted for something that you hated. Right. All right. That you despise. Now it may not be the vaccine thing. Some people may love the vaccine thing. It may be, uh, you know, some some other silly thing like. Um, what uh, about the pot regulations? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, again, there's one thing that That's I one don't thing know. That's one thing that you might not know. Because I, I don't know the pot, the pot thing, I'm, I'm not for, I'm, you know, I, I can't make an argument against pot when we have alcohol. Right. So it's hard to do that. On the other hand, somebody's going to profit 
massively right. if this pot thing passes in California. Right. So I know we have listeners all over the world. We actually got a letter from the Philippines today. We got one from Australia. Right. We, you know, so, I mean... This is something we, that's we big be, happening we, we in the United States. We tend to be, uh, like, area-centric here. And, yeah, we are. Sorry yeah, about that. because we are. Well, we can only speak about, you know, our lived experience. But one of, the other beauties, one of the other beauties about the American system that other countries may, maybe don't have, if you don't like the government of California and the taxes in California, you can move to the, Montana. You can move to Texas. You can move to another state. Right. You know, if you live in France, mm-hmm. you, you can't move to, uh, you know, a different part of France. Right. It's it's just France. It's France. Right. Right. It's France. <laughs> it's France. You know, if you live in, you know, in uh, in uh, Crimea, right. you're you're basically now uh, under Russian thumb, and there's no, there's nowhere to go. Right. You're not going to be able to get out. Right. But we have, I mean, again, we have freedoms, and that again is a part of the uniqueness Absolutely. of the American system. That should be preserved, and I think that what's happening is it's being chipped away at because we need to. We're micromanaging everything. Nobody, if uh, uh, that I like what you just said. You said it should be it's all preserved. You liked, a whole a podcast. I, it's the only thing you like. Well, let's just say it's on the top of my list right now. <laughs> all right, so, I like that what you said. I mean, this shouldn't be chipped away. Can you say that again? For the for the it, our rights are being chipped away. They are. They are. Saying. Everything's being micromanaged. Yeah. All right. I, and I we don't need that. to be micromanaged. I mean, I'm I'm I like as the father of a household to have the role of the father of the household and be able to make decisions that affect my family. Right. All right. I don't want the government coming in and telling me that I can't smoke a cigarette in my household. Sure. Right? Sure. I understand the health issues. All right. Sure. But that's you know, people people were all for that. They were you know, people's oh smoking is horrible and let's pick on the smoking. And now they've got it's gotten so, so bad now that it'll we've, be gotten like- of, we've gotten rid of, of vapor cigarettes, okay? Vapor cigarettes have no, there's no detriment right. to anybody, and it's basically nicotine right. in a liquefied vapor form. So it, it it doesn't affect. There's no secondary vapor from that, right. and it's it, and it's by taking nicotine, we want to legalize pot, but we want to make <laughs> nicotine illegal. Right. All right, nicotine is like caffeine. Should we legalize? We should, pretty soon, are we going to regulate Starbucks? Are we going to get rid of a Starbucks super? What's the largest cup at Starbucks? What is that? What grande? Super grande? No, it's grande is normal. I grande. Whatever. Oh, I don't Vente, know. Whatever. Vente. It is. Yeah, whatever the largest one is. I mean, somebody's going to come along and then say that's too much caffeine. Pro- then people will be protesting if our caffeine gets taken away. Right. That will be a problem. But so why is caffeine any different than nicotine? Well, it's the same thing with why? Like why? Why? regulating why? 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 things like raw milk. Do they regulate raw milk? You're not allowed. I mean, you can be arrested. You, you can't sell it. Oh. The people who sell raw milk have to go underground because it's not, it's, it's, it's like a contraband. People who buy and want raw dairy See, products the F- the and FDA? many times have to kind of go underground to find these See, products. This is opening up a whole can of worms because just recently the FDA finally, finally, after years and years of being, of being obstructionist, released a drug that helps, I think, young boys with, I think, muscular, is it muscular dystrophy? Um, yeah, I think it's a form of muscular dystrophy that only that affects boys because mm-hmm. it's X recessive. Mm-hmm. And there's a drug that actually made things better. And 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 even if it didn't make things better, why can't a parent right. or a child who who would benefit from this make the decision right. to use that? But the FDA blocked it and blocked it and blocked it and blocked it. <laughs> okay, in uh, in the guise of safety. And we talked the about cl- that in terms of domperidone and breastfeeding. Remember, right? The same thing. The same yes. thing. The 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 uh, the French philosopher Albert Camus. One of my favorite quotes is, mm-hmm. "The welfare of humanity is always the alibi of tyrants." <laughs> and this is a perfect example of what's happening in your life. So. I guess we're running out of time here, but in summary, I want to say again, when you go down to vote in the next week, it'll yes. probably be about next week by the time this thing gets posted, um, 
make educated decisions about about what this means. Don't just vote for somebody because you hate the other person. Right. And don't just vote for something because you always vote that way. Because But what the, if you hate the person, the other person even more than you hate the other person? <laughs> look at, anyway, look at the policies. Don't yeah. look at the person. And and if you, you know, look at look at the way things have changed. I mean, my family always has voted Democrat all their life. And you know, they're Minnesotans and Minnesota's very heavily democratic state. That's fine. But the Democratic Party that I grew up with doesn't exist anymore. And so just voting Democrat because you've always voted Democrat or, or the vice versa, voting Republican. The Republican Party has evolved, too, to a different way. Or devolved. See? <laughs> a pejorative. A pejorative. This is classic what liberals do. They, they cla- we've been Are very you calling careful. me a liberal? We've been very, well, I, I'm not calling you a leftist. I'm calling you a liberal. But this is, this is classic. That was very good, Kimberly, because you, you made my point, all right, is that anybody that disagrees with a liberal is, has to disagree with them because they're sexist or homophobic or xenophobic or racist. You know, you couldn't deliver, you can't disagree with a black president because on policy, you disagree with them because you're a racist. You can't disagree with a future woman president because, the, because you hate women. I mean, no, you disagree with the policy, and, 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 that, and, two, and two good people like you and I can agree not to necessarily go down that road of, of uh, name-calling. Exactly. And, and, you know, but I think, just to your point, you know, some of the things I've been listening to on th- things like <laughs> NPR, I, I was listening to this one piece on NPR and it was a husband and wife who were voting with different on different sides of the spectrum on sides of the coin and this is the first time they've differed and it is really and I know a lot of people are going through this in their family where you know people that they love are voting differently you know there's a lot of um agrimony yeah, controversy poli- politics, within the uh, families politics is not something to discuss at thanksgiving it is not and but it was interesting listening to this 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 husband and wife discuss their choices and the reason why they were going to vote for the person that they were going to vote for and honestly some of the things that you just said i mean it wasn't about the politics it was actually about how certain people made them feel when they you know one of the person of the couple said I'm not going to vote for the Democratic candidate because that person reminds me of an old school marm and I thought to myself <laughs> is that what you're basing your decision of your vote on or you know what I'm saying so I mean it, it goes both ways it goes yeah, all but I don't the way I, I don't know of an old school marm who actually used a private server and took a hammer to her cell phone <laughs> all right, never mind never mind <laughs> on that note on I'm that just note, saying on that note we're gonna let it go at that we're not gonna get any deeper into politics no 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 uh, we didn't talk about politics the most important thing is, is to vote but vote with an educated uh, um um with a finger on, you know, being educated so that you make your vote count as opposed to just voting blindly. I agree. Totally agree with you. Right. And if we do that, um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe there'll be some ground for for compromise in some of these things. But uh, And, and, and ho- we also need safe spaces to talk about stuff. I think what I hear is we need safe spaces to talk about our differences <laughs> and our spaces. issues. Safe spaces. So it's like we can talk about the issues without fear of being um, vilified for whatever well, our beliefs the are. the problem, and that's another can of worms for another day, but the problem with a safe space is that people who are offended, we see we, we're way too easily offended. You do not have a right anywhere in the Constitution to not be offended. And the whole <laughs> idea of, a, of microaggressions and all that stuff, give me a break. Grow up. Everybody grow up. You know, you're going you're gonna to someday be a parent. You're going to take care of your babies. Do you want your babies to be so sensitive and so offended that they can't play That's with somebody a- in the sandbox because they've got a different colored shovel? <laughs> well, well, that's another topic too, microaggressions. Well, anyway, this was this was great. Yeah, so this has been hey, thanks for listening everybody. This has been podcast number 104. 
Uh, it's Dr. Stu's Podcast. You can find us again at drstuspodcast.com. Uh, uh, write me on email at askdrstu at gmail.com. I do expect that some of you might send an email on this one. I think so. And uh, we, again, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>